0: Today on Bold Steps, Mark Job kicks off the new year with a lesson on how to hear the voice of God.
1: Some of us are waiting for lightning bolts from heaven, something powerful, dramatic, earth-shaking. But here's what I want you to know, that typically the way that God speaks to us through His Word, via the Holy Spirit, is in the gentle whisper.
0: Happy New Year and welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute, of course, and senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. And Mark, today we're stepping into the new year with a practical lesson on how to better hear the voice of God. You're going to show us that the most efficient way to start hearing God's voice is to just quiet ourselves and take that pause.
1: That's right. And by the way, Happy New Year. Wayne, you look a little tired like you stayed up a little too late, but, you know, we all – hey, we're it's the new year. It's okay, It's day right? one. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. You know, Wayne, one of the most important things that we can learn to do is listen for the voice of God. Mm-hmm. And so I think this message is very appropriate to be the first message of the year that we – the first message of the year that we air – the power in the pause from first kings chapter 19 elijah in the cave
0: let's prepare ourselves to start hearing the voice of god here's mark job with his message the power in the pause
1: when i think of the beginning of the year i i always feel like it's important to pause to pause i don't know about you but it's hard for me to pause I'm at a stoplight, and if I have to pause, I've told my wife a couple of times, I think it's broken, I think I should go through it, I I think there must be something wrong with this light, because to pause, to wait, to be still, that's hard, it's difficult, some of you are like that. You're in chapel and your knee, your legs are already shaking, your fingers are twitching. It's just hard for you to be still. But there's a power in the pause. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the power in the pause because I think that it is incumbent upon every single one of us to have periods of time, seasons in our life, routines and rhythms in our disciplines in which we pause. The very first chapel that I spoke at as president here at Moody Bible Institute, I encouraged you as students, those of you that were here, to make sure that you pause on a daily basis to sit at the feet of Jesus with your Bible open and a spirit that's tender to his voice and to listen to him. Jesus told Martha, 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 you're worried and anxious about a lot of things. And he looked at Mary and said, but only one thing is needed, and she has chosen that. One thing. One thing. And what was she doing? She was at the feet of Jesus. In fact, uh, a couple of semesters, I've just... Laid out buttons to remind you, get the first button straight. Some of you have come up to me and say, I still have my button. Get that first button straight. It's the pause button. The pause, the listen with a tender, open heart before the feet of Jesus. And so, uh, what does a pause do? Well, if I'm on my laptop computer and I'm engaged in Watching a video or YouTube or something of that nature and my wife speaks to me and uh, she I could tell she really wants to talk and she's engaged in a conversation when I'm doing well and I'm sensitized and I'm present I put the video on pause why because what I'm telling her is that I want to have attention to direct towards her conversation Because what she has to say is important, and so if I have two things going at once, it's hard for me to concentrate, so I pause in order to focus. She's in the front row saying, you need to do that a little bit more often, but I'm working on it. Uh, Pete Gregg, my friend that started 24-7 prayer, he says, to start, we must stop. To move forward, we must pause. The first step in a deeper prayer life. Is the pause, And so I want to challenge you at a very awkward time, the beginning of a very busy semester where you ve- have very little time and you feel overwhelmed and you're already in syllabus shock, wondering how you're going to get everything done. I want to encourage you, challenge you, exhort you to build the pause in your rhythm. The passage that I've been mulling over in my head recently during this fast is 1 Kings chapter 19. And I'd like to draw your attention to this passage in 1 Kings chapter 19. You're very familiar with this powerful man of God named Elijah. He's an iconic, legendary figure. Very few people with his power, spiritual audacity, and ability to invoke heaven, and heaven responds. I mean, you have to rank pretty high to make it to the mountain of transfiguration. Moses and Elijah. I don't know if you can get any higher than that. But we find Elijah in this chapter as we zoom into his life, at a very, a very low point of his ministry. He's disoriented. He's confused. He's disillusioned. His expectations of how life was supposed to be have not turned out. He's gripped by fear. He's alone. And he's going through the desert. And yes, could I say... If we were to diagnose him today, we'd say, well, he's having a mental health crisis because he's actually suicidal. My God. Lord, take my life. It's not worth living. I love the fact that the characters in Scripture are real people with feet of clay. Sometimes we can't relate because they seem so out of reach, so out of touch, so spiritual, so holy. But dig a little bit. Every man and woman of God that you find in scripture has struggles and issues just like you and I. This is that moment in Elijah's life. Take my life. It's not worth living. I'm done with this. I'm at the end I love the fact that the angel of God appears to Elijah because that's how God is. He doesn't say, Elijah, really, after all these years, you're going to be complaining and moaning? I mean, you're a man of God. Get up. You're suicidal. Come on, Elijah, slap him a little bit. No, that's not how God dealt with him. He went and he strengthened him and he encouraged him in in his valley of depression. I love the mercy of God. And then the Bible says that Elijah got up On that meal, that must have been a power, power meal because he got up and went 40 days, 40 days without eating, 40 days of fasting, made his way to the mountain, goes in the cave, and all this time, Elijah is rehearsing in his mind why life is so bad, why uh, ministry's not worth it, why he's justified in running. Why he's done everything right, but it seems like God and the people have not followed through and done what's right. And so he finds himself in a cave on the Mount of God in a pause. His ministries come to a halt, but it's a pause. Now, we can choose pauses or sometimes we're driven to pauses, In this case, Elijah is driven to a pause of his own choosing, but nonetheless, it's a pause. And the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came to him. This is in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 9. What are you doing here, Elijah? What a simple question, but yet so profound. Hey, when the God of the universe asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't have the answer. He's not asking for information. He's not like, whoa, what are you doing here, Elijah? This is a question meant for self-examination. Elijah, think through your journey. Elijah, rehearse to me how you've gotten to this place. This is not a, hey, what route did you take question. This is not a geography question. This is a spiritual journey question. Hey, Elijah, you're at a bad place right now. Evaluate who you are, where you're at, and tell me, how did you get here? Now, Elijah, like a lot of us, He's been rehearsing for forty days, delirious without food in the desert, walking. He's got his script memorized. How many of you got your script memorized? Sometimes you just you know you just play it, boom, oh, and it just comes out. And this is why I'm doing, well, and I'm not doing well because no 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 no. You rehearse it, you rehearse it, you nurse it, you encourage it, you feed it, and someone says, "How you doing?" And... He's rehearsed it over and over. It's gone over in his mind, over and over, you know, because he answers twice, pretty much in the same way. And listen to what he says. He says, I have been zealous for the Lord God Almighty. Hey, I've done my part. I've been fervent. I did everything that I was supposed to do. I've sacrificed. I've pressed in. I've done what I thought God expected of me. But the Israelites have rejected your covenant. They've broken down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with the sword I'm the only one left and now they're trying to kill me too again he's in the darkness of a cave alone 40 days without eating and he's telling God he's telling God why he's where he's at now he hasn't gotten to the real root he's blaming other people the real root is deeper than that it's really not about the people. It's really about how he's responded to his situation.
0: You're listening to Bold Steps with Mark Job. We're hitting pause on today's message for just a moment to remind you that all of these daily lessons can be found on our website at boldstepsradio.org. There, you'll also find a wide array of faith-building tools. There's some bonus content and opportunities to share your questions or even testimony. Mark?
1: Yeah, and can I just say at the beginning of this year, what an encouragement you have been to us here at the Bold Step team. You know, we broadcast these messages, send them out literally to millions of people, but the response that comes back to us just helps us praise God and celebrate with you. So thank you for your responses and your testimonies. And it
0: comes from surprising places, doesn't it? Here's a note from Jenny. She says, Dear Pastor Mark, I live in a really small village in Croatia, Mm. and I don't have a church nearby to go to yet. I met another Christian in the hospital a couple of weeks ago. He and a couple of other Christians come together in his house, and I hope I can join them. So right now, you are my pastor. I started listening every day a few months ago, and I'm learning so much. I'm growing, slowly but surely, into a mature Christian life due to your preaching. I want to thank you for all you do. You have no idea how much God is using you to reach out to people. God bless you, Pastor, and just know that I pray for you. <laughs> how about that, huh?
1: I love that, Jenny. Thank you for reaching out, and uh, I'm I'm glad I'm your pastor for this season as you're looking for a church. But bless you, Jenny. so great to have listeners from really all over the world that are connected to this ministry, and such a privilege it is for us to be able to minister to so many people.
0: Yeah, it really is, Mark. Thank you. And as we step into a new year, we want to invite everyone listening to be part of the team and join us in this growing international ministry as a bold partner. By supporting this ministry with a monthly gift of any amount, you'll play a major part in helping to share the gospel with listeners all around the world. And if you choose to give a gift of $30 or more each month, you'll be eligible for a 50% discount on all Moody Publishers resources Including children's books, devotionals Bible commentaries and more Available at MoodyPublishers.org You'll also receive a signed copy Of Mark's book, Unstuck Out of Your Cave and Into Your Call Along with an exclusive bi-weekly email from Mark Containing inspiring lessons and videos Called the Bold Partner Post So sign up today to become a bold partner By visiting BoldStepsRadio.org Now let's get back to our message for today It's called The Power in the Pause.
1: fact that God causes Elijah to think it through what are you doing here Elijah you know what the pause causes me to do it helps me examine my heart and open up my eyes to spiritual reality so I want to challenge you and encourage you sometime during the beginning of this year to ask yourself in the middle of the pause, or maybe to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit asking you that question, what are you doing here? Not physically at Moody Bible Institute, but, but what are you doing in the state that you're at right now? How did you get there? Usually our destiny is the sum of the choices that we make. We don't just end up somewhere. We take a lot of turns and curves to get there. And oftentimes we glaze over those, but what are you doing here? Think about that for a moment. You know, the pause is difficult because it's uncomfortable to be quiet and silent and think. It's uncomfortable to evaluate and examine. It makes us uneasy. We'd rather fill our days with activity and noise We don't want to think at times. We don't want to pause at times. We don't want to go to the hard places at times. But the pause, I think, is necessary, is vital for reflection, for progress, for communion with God, that pause, that silence, that quietness. I love what it says in Psalms 37, 7. It says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. We want to do, bless this, but be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. You know, Elijah, by the way, let me say this, Elijah had a distorted view of reality. He, he complains to God that everybody else has forsaken him and he's the only one left And later on in verse 18, God gives him a fact check. You know how sometimes there's debates and people in the back saying, oh, that fact is wrong. They do a fact check. God does a fact check with him and says, hey, by the way, there are 7,000 others who have not bowed their knee to Baal. This whole idea that you're alone, this whole idea that no one else is with you, this whole idea that no one else understands, that's a fabricated narrative that you have because that's not the true reality. The second thing I want you to understand in the pause is that the pause helps us hear the still small voice that we so often miss. The Lord said to Elijah in the cave, he says to him, Go out, this is an action step, this is a physical step. I want you to go outside of the cave, physically get up. I envision Elijah in a fetal position, rocking back and forth as he complains to God. He may not have been, but that's how I picture it. Get up, God says, and go out of the cave, out of the dark, go out of the cave and stand in the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. That's an invitation, hello, an invitation to his presence. Get up, go to the mouth. Why should I go to the mouth of the cave? Because God is about to show up there. An invitation to experience God and step into his presence. And then it says, this theatrical powerful moment happens that, well seems awkward, strange, weird. Why would God do this? Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountain, tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. This isn't a breeze off of Lake Michigan. This is a hurricane tornado type wind that is throwing rocks up and, and crashing and, and tearing things apart. And then it says, the author is sure to make sure we notice this. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there's an earthquake. Imagine being in the heart of a cave and there's an earthquake. I grew up in a little village in northern Spain. And there was some caves uh, a few miles away that were, uh, now they've discovered some paintings and shut them up and built the whole museum around these tribal prehistoric paintings. But when I was a kid, I could just go through these caves whenever I wanted, and they were miles and miles underground. You could get lost in those caves. Um, But I imagine an earthquake happening while you're in the cave. The rumble, the the, the feeling like this is going to cave in, the stalagmites falling, the stalactites shaking, wondering, hey, what's going on here? It had to be a frightful experience, and then he says, listen, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there came a fire, not a little campfire. This is a huge, massive, consuming fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And where was Elijah? Oh, he's still in the cave. Wait, I thought God said, go to the mouth of the cave. No, no, he's still in the cave. It's interesting that the author is clearly indicating that God is not in the dramatic. Some of us are waiting for lightning bolts from heaven. We're waiting for the writing in the sky, something powerful, dramatic, earth-shaking. But here's what I want you to know, that typically, more than likely, the way that God more often than not speaks to us through His Word, via the Holy Spirit, is in the gentle whisper.
0: This is Bold Steps with Mark Job. We're kicking off the new year with a message titled The Power in the Pause. We'll continue the lesson on tomorrow's program, but before then, we encourage you to visit our website and check out all the special content and resources we have available. Go to boldstepsradio.org. Now, one resource we really recommend is a timely book from a former president of Moody Bible Institute. Mark?
1: Well, I'm here in the studio today with a good friend, Joe Stoll. And uh, some of you are familiar with that name. Joe was a pastor for many years, the president of Moody Bible Institute, also the president of Cornerstone a speaker, someone that's taught the Word of God for such a long time and so appreciative of uh, Joe and his friendship. He's been encouraging and pastoring people for a long time. And Joe, there are people right now, because of all that's happening in the world, that are very concerned as they start this year out. Mm. Can you speak to someone that maybe is gripped by fear? Yeah, for sure. I
0: think one of our challenges is we tend to th- think horizontally, everything that's happening around us. And I think the wonderful transition is to begin to think vertically, mm. where we begin to focus on God, because guess what? He's stable, He's good, He's faithful. He never changes and He loves us and cares for us. So when we focus vertically, the horizontal all of a sudden comes into perspective and we have peace instead of fear. And we have quiet in our hearts instead of the chaos that tends to arrive. So when we did Strength for the Journey, our daily devotional, one thing we were hoping is that many people would get vertical with God and begin every day with just a few minutes on it with a devotional, which would then dive them more deeply into the Word of God.
1: I love that. And by the way, uh, Joe's talking about our uh, premium gift this month, and we're trying to get as many people into the Word of God as possible. So strength for the journey, short devotionals, one for every day to help you focus vertically instead of horizontally. Thank you, Joe.
0: And thank you, men. Reach out today and request this month's Bold Step gift when you give a gift of any amount to support this ministry. So call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. Or give online and request Strength for the Journey when you go to boldstepsradio.org. Or send your gift in the mail. You can always write to us at Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. And once again, that's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois 60610. One final reminder that if you haven't already, go and subscribe to our podcast channel and get each of these daily messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device. Whether you prefer Apple or Spotify or any other podcast app, you'll find us by searching for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. Like our page and leave us a comment. Let us know you're listening and then share some of your favorite messages with friends and family. You can also stay connected on your favorite social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just a few of the ways you can stay in touch with the Bold Steps team and we look forward to hearing from you soon. Well, that's our time for today. Be sure to join us again tomorrow when Mark concludes this message on the power in the pause. We're learning how to lean in to hear God's voice Tuesday on Bold Steps with Mark Job. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.